Cool.fm is the perfect station for music lovers who enjoy a mix of adult pop, modern country, and classic hits. Our unique blend of different genres creates an awesome listening experience that you won't find anywhere else. With Cool.fm, you don't have to constantly change stations to hear the music you love. Just download the Live 365 app and start listening to our curated selection of modern adult and country hits, as well as the classics you know and love. So tune in to Cool.fm and start enjoying the best of all your favorite music in one place. Hi, I'm Randy Stone, creator of Bullet and Bullet Adventures. Uh, you can catch me on altruistcomics.com, and you're watching and listening to Two Geeks Talking. Good morning, afternoon, evening, everyone. Two Geeks Talking is an entertainment industry interview show where we interview the creative people from the comic, film, TV, movie, and video game industries. And of course, I'm your host, Kurt Sasso. We are joined today by a very talented and creative individual. He is the creator of an amazing series called Bullet Adventures, which is a subset of his Bullet series. We're joined by the ever-talented Randy Stone. How are you doing today? I'm good, Kurt. Thanks so much for having me. That's good to have you on the show here. Got to see a bit about Bullet Adventures here and, and loved your work with, of course, uh, your website, altruistcomics.com there as well, too. But for those that don't know anything about yourself as a creative person, tell us who you are and what you're bringing to Two Geeks Talking. Oh, well, yeah, I'm Randy Stone, of course, publisher of Altruist Comics. Uh, I've been a lifelong fan of superheroes in particular, uh, but comics. Since the Marvel Universe trading cards came out in 1990 or so, I got hooked. I've published a whole bunch of stuff, a lot of horror crime early on, and then getting back to the superhero stuff uh, with Sensational Swan and the original Bullet One-Shot, and now the continuing series Bullet Adventures. All that has been kickstarted, and we've got a new Kickstarter launching May 30th for issue four of the continuing series. That's amazing. That's incredible to see here. What is the most misunderstood aspect about the superhero genre that people who don't follow it misunderstand? I guess a while back, you'd think that maybe everybody thought it was just for kids. And then we went in such a far grim and gritty direction that now it almost feels like the opposite. I'm kind of turning it back. Uh, Bullet Adventures is not aimed at kids specifically, but it's all kids safe. And it's just the fun, colorful superhero stuff that I got into and have always loved. I think that's probably something that's missing now because everything has to be a serious take on superheroes, whether it's a crime procedural book with capes or, you know, a, a horror story in spandex. But that's just a, a fun superhero tale. It's just a lot of fun. I, I use the word fun, but it is. I'm having a blast making it. I'm having a blast working with my collaborators. And I'm its biggest fan. Like, I just love reading these stories. And we've got uh, great characters. The product is just high-quality stuff. That's what I saw on your website. Just the, the free issue that you, you put up there was incredible. Like, just from the get-go, it shows the character development. It shows action. It shows the colorfulness of the city that the world that you, you've built there. Before we jump into the actual characters themselves, though, you mentioned your team. Obviously, it's great to have a wonderful team around you. Who's been working with you on this amazing series for Bullet Adventures? Yeah, so right from the start, uh, Jordan Alseca has been co-writing it, going back to the original one shot. Uh, we've had a couple artists work throughout. There was some turnover there just because of availability. But uh, currently, it's Nico Carrizo, who's doing the line art, and Fran Citarelli, who's doing colors. And then, of course, Lucas Catoni is back. He's been doing the lettering for the whole thing as well. Just a really high-caliber group of people and wonderful people to work with. Uh, I've had a chance to just chat with them outside of the creation of the comic, and they're just really good people too, so it's a lot of fun. When you gave the script to your, your fellow artists there and you got the artwork back, what was a scene that just completely blew you out of the water that was way better than what, what was written in the script? 
Uh, there's been a couple sequences uh, because they're speed-based powers it's really fun to see that motion and movement on the page nico's done a couple sequences where there's three panels showing kind of a similar background where one of the characters like laney will leave and come back or move towards us and i just really like how that came across on the page issue three which was part of the last kickstarter it did have uh, what I call the page. I revised what Jordan had written in his script, kind of changed that whole approach to it, which I thought was somewhat innovative, uh, showing these speedsters moving around a building in what amounted to seconds, but taking up the whole page in one giant panel. I'm glad that Nico didn't kill me for asking him to draw this, but when he pulled it off, it was just very impressive. And I think it shows how collaboration can improve on every single uh, step as we go. That was just a a real treat to see how he, he turned that in. So how did this collaboration help issue four that you have a current Kickstarter for? Unfortunately, because uh, Laura Kane was originally drawing the series from issue one and Nico stepped in with number two, the scripts were all done before Nico came on board. So there wasn't as much collaboration as far as uh, storytelling and whatnot. So I can't say that one issue influenced next yet. Starting with issue five, we actually had kind of a, a team meeting and uh, trying to get everybody involved right from the ground floor. And, you know, what do you want to draw? What do you want to color? Uh, how do we kind of tap into that so that we're all excited to work on future issues? So the collaboration was mostly with Jordan at that point. And then we handed a finished script to Nico to work on. He'll fine tune things. And, you know, things always look better when the artist has drawn it than what we could possibly imagine having uh, plotted it out or scripting it. You're talking about the characters as well, too. I want to jump into them uh, briefly because obviously they're the key focal point as much as, as right. of amazing talent that you all are for, for creating this. Who are some of your characters that, that you've fallen in love with in terms of co-writing and creating them? From the original, it was just a treat to see Dale, who's the protagonist, uh, fall in love with Joanna. It's an equal romance to the superhero aspect that fills the book. Uh, obviously, he fights villains and stuff, but their relationship and how that forms and they grow together was uh, key in how that whole story came about. Uh, so, yeah, of course, I, I just liked falling in love with them falling in love. You can't help but love those two characters. And then, of course, with issue two, we're introduced to, to uh, Dale's granddaughter in the present day. And she's a speedster and she's a lot of fun and just uh, a lovable character as well. Getting into all the villains, uh, seeing their costume designs and, again, the the colorful characters and power sets that we're dealing with. It just goes back to just why I love comics to begin with. Like you get caught up in these things and you want to see them battle on the page and see these bad guys doing bad things and the heroes stopping them. It's got to help in terms of your creativity because you have a, a lot of influences and inspirations to draw from as well too. I mean, I can see it behind you. I can see it kind of in your, your bookshelf there as well too. That's right. Obviously homages are always wonderful to have as well too, but but what keeps you creatively fresh when it comes to creating bullet adventures? We're doing kind of a modern take on old stories or maybe a classic take on modern stories. I'm not too sure with that. I don't read a whole lot of new comics, and that's just because I don't have the time or money to really get into it anymore. I'm busy putting money into my own books uh, and then working on that. So I'm not really influenced by what's out there right now. I think I'm tapping into maybe my perception of what comics were when I was growing up. You know, maybe if I go back and read some of those things that I loved 30 years ago, it wouldn't really stand up. You know, the, the feelings that are there, that's kind of what I'm really trying to tap into. And then, yeah, just feeding off the collaboration. Like, it's so much fun going back and forth with Jordan. I'll have some little kernel of an idea and he'll take it someplace and then I'll amp it up somehow. And then he knocks it out of the park with his final 
scripts and stuff. Like it's it's really fun. And I never experienced that before. And it's just been a blast to work with him. So then how does Jordan help you as a co-writer and how do you help him? Well, I'd say he does all the heavy lifting. So that's very helpful. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's just different approaches. Uh, I think that we mesh really well. There, there was actually an example that he thought it was my idea. And he said, oh, what a great idea you had. And I was like, that was actually you. But because it's so seamless going back and forth, it doesn't come across like uh, two different visions. Like we are actually really collaborative and uh, heading down the same direction, like finishing each other's sentences almost, right? But there's still enough differences that uh, if I came up with something, he's not necessarily, yeah, yeah, we'll do it your way. Like, oh, if he comes up with something different or better, you know, we'll go with whatever works and we're comfortable enough with each other that we can do that. Like say, you know what, I'm not feeling that. Or like, how about this? With that page that I was mentioning earlier, like, you know, he was very receptive to my changes and overall ended up with a much better product. And he admitted that too. And I'm proud to say that I contributed something very powerful on that page. Everyone usually asks, what's the wisest piece of advice or what's the most BS piece of advice you've ever received? But what is the second wisest piece of advice that you've received <laughs> that has stuck with you in your career? Wow. That's a tough one. I always default to just do it. So that's number one. What would the second wisest piece be? I don't know. <laughs> that's such a tricky thing. And have to put together a list and see. I think as far as the BS stuff, though, I think that's, you know, when you put limitations on people or the gatekeeping and stuff like that, like I, I really think anybody can do it. And it's just how successful they are is to different degrees. It may not be well drawn, but maybe it's a cool idea or maybe it just takes a hundred issues to get through to the point where you're actually making really good stuff. So again, that comes back to just do it. Don't give up. That would be the most BS thing. Second most, I don't know. You're so tricky, Kurt. <laughs> what was an early experience where you learned that language had power? Hmm. I mean, maybe just emotionally when you react to what people say or what you're reading. I mean, that's growing up, I think. Obviously, I had friends and did stuff, but I spent a lot of time in my room just reading comics. And, you know, for words like that, it does affect you. You can have happy experiences or scary experiences or whatever. They can impact for sure. Uh, my own words, obviously, in person, I've probably affected people and not always in positive ways. And you kind of realize that afterwards. So there's definitely power to that. What was the first thing that you created that made you realize, yes, I could do this as a career? You know, it's probably easier thinking about things that I created that I almost gave up on. You know, I'm still not sure I can make it as a career. It's It's a grind for sure. But yeah, I was making comics back when I was little and I always wanted to. That was the goal real life kind of stepped in and you realize that you've got to get uh, bills paid and comics can't always do that. But yeah, just the fact that I, I enjoyed doing it and seeing that other people did maybe that realization that there are actually people behind it. You know, when you fall in love with stars like Jim Lee or something, you realize there's somebody behind the comics that you're, you're reading. Uh, and then, yeah, maybe think that I can do that. Maybe not to Jim Lee's uh, <laughs> level, but it's, it's something that people do and I might as well try to. And I've got a bunch of books out in the world, so that's a pretty cool feeling. How's the comic convention circuit for for the series that you've done, or and or any series that you've created? I just mostly do local shows. I don't know. I'm not a salesperson, so I can't judge it by sales. I did one this past weekend, and I think the highlight was probably like a seven year old kid who came to my table. He he dragged his dad and his sister and his mom were kind of uh, shortly behind them, 
and he was saying, I want this, I want this, I want this. And the dad's like, okay. And, you know, he picked out, I've got variant covers for each of my bullet numbers. And yeah, so he's picking out which of the covers he wanted. And he was all excited about that. And equally cool was that his sister, who was probably 13 or so, was super excited for him. And just for this kid and the family to all be not just supporting my work, but like feeding this joy of reading a superhero comic. And that lifted me up. It's just really neat to see children get into it just like I did when I was young and it'd be really awesome if Bullet Adventures was something that got other kids hooked on comic books and you know they go on to have a lifelong love of the medium or even get into it as a creator themselves someday. Kickstarters are like a second job quite literally you've done many yourself so I'm sure you you understand that far too often or far too well I should say. What is this Kickstarter campaign like and what have you done differently say compared to other campaigns that we can look forward to? I pretty much use a similar template from issue to issue so I'm not changing up the main page much but I know that Kickstarter can show photos of the rewards now. So I think that'll be the biggest difference. You can actually see them right there. When you want to back something, they will be the, the pictures that you know exactly what you're getting. On issue one, there was some confusion, which was the cover A and cover B, because you don't see that. If uh, you didn't reference back to halfway down the story page, uh, you wouldn't see that cover A was one that Nico drew and cover B was Lara's page, uh, cover. So that'll be helpful as far as just the content of the, the story page is probably not much different. Basically new issue options, uh, large bundles, and then catch up if you didn't get the previous issues. Of course, everything else I've published is also available. So you can pick up Crime Pays or Sensational Swan or any of those things. Is there a comic that made you feel the way you hope readers of your work will feel after reading it? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of them, really. Anything that brought me back month to month. In high school, I remember I, I couldn't possibly wait 30 days for a new issue of Preacher. Hellboy, basically, the creativity in that was just uh, inspiring. Just really anything. I mean, even the worst possible comic is still like quite an accomplishment. If you look at it from that perspective, that somebody spent months or years of their life to put this together, writing, drawing, getting the files ready, having it printed, and I know what it takes. So anytime I see even what you'd consider a low quality comic is a huge amount of work. And I have so much respect for everybody who does it because I know what it takes. Everyone has one person that inspired them on their path to where they are today. Who was that for you? Um, I mentioned Jim Lee earlier, just as an early influence. Um, I couldn't possibly draw like him, but he was somebody I was trying to emulate as a kid. And I followed him religiously um, when they moved to Image and their Wildstorm stuff that he was doing. So yeah, I guess early on, that was really it. Kirkman, I think he's probably a big influence just on what's possible with comics. And, you know, he's got more than just the comics at this point. But yeah, he just, he was so driven. Uh, somebody like him or maybe even Todd McFarlane, who the drive to create and build these uh, comic empires is uh, equal to or more uh, than their creativity and you know their actual skills. So I think they're definitely an influence in that respect when I'm trying to build my own company and put out product and hopefully reach the masses. I mean, I've got friends behind me, like a fellow uh, creator, John Ward. He's a guy I met locally. I've known each other for a few years now. And I think just we became fast friends. And every time we have a conversation about the industry, I leave that just really motivated to produce more and like do more and uh, you know, make a difference in the industry there. Chris Pierce is another guy who's been friends with me for probably 20 years or so. Uh, amazed at how much he's accomplished. And every time we talk to, it's just, it just, it fuels the fire to be better and do better in the industry. And I hope that works out. 
from a professional standpoint, you created multiple comic series, including, of course, uh, amazing collaboration with Bullet Adventures here. And I'm sure you're going to create many more that we haven't had a chance to really touch on, but I want you to come back so that you can discuss this in the future because I, I think we can easily pick your brain for many more creative talents that you have that should be showcased on this show. So professionally, you're successful in that regard. Do you consider yourself personally successful? Yeah, I mean, I've reached my lifelong goal of making comics. I have not reached the point where I can do this full time. It's a work in progress. I would consider myself successful, but I'm not stopping here. Obviously, I've got a lot more to go to. The reverse of success is failure. How do you deal with your failure? Hopefully, I learned something from every failure. I'm not getting it right every like the first time every time. So there is a, a large learning curve on pretty much everything I've done. I mean, making the comic is one thing. But actually marketing it, reaching the audience and stuff like that is something that I'm definitely learning on the fly. Uh, it's not, not something I ever expected to have to do. I think as a kid, you kind of think, oh, I'll work for Marvel and I'll draw X-Men or write Spider-Man or whatever. The whole business of comics is a whole other animal. I've failed somewhat. I have expectations every time, little personal goals and stuff like that. I'm not always reaching them, but as long as I can learn from them each time and hopefully not make the same mistakes again, I'm not going to fail in the same way at least. The younger generation is looking at your work and they're becoming inspired to be creative in their own way, whether it's as a comic writer or a creative person in some way, shape or form. And the fact that you have the younger generation looking up to you as an inspirational person, maybe you're going to inspire them in some creative endeavor that is going to be amazing in the future. How can they inspire the generation that follows them? Well, who knows what it's going to be like years from now. Like, we didn't grow up with digital. So having webtoons or, you know, the infinite canvas that digital comics can offer is certainly something that we would never would have imagined when we were first reading them. So I can't even, maybe virtual reality storytelling somehow. I have no idea. Like, technology changes so quickly that it's impossible to predict what's going to happen five years from now, let alone 20. The last question is this, and this is the fun one. If your life was a comic book, what would its title be? And what would its soundtrack be? Hmm. I don't know. I think my life is fairly boring. I can't imagine it being a comic that people would want to read. I don't know. Maybe called the altruist. You know, I'm trying to help people along the way and it's, Fitting that that's my comic publisher soundtrack. I mean, it's probably 90s rock somehow just because that's all I ever listened to. Hey, it's a great decade. <laughs> some some of the best music is from the 90s, that's for sure. Well, exactly. Rock. It'll just be the single soundtrack, but scratch off and say, you know, the Randy Stone soundtrack. Well, Randy, I hate to say, but that ends this particular episode of Two Geeks Talking. I want to thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. Before I let you go, where can you find you? How can we support you? And of course, anything else you'd like to promote uh, about yourself yeah. and your publisher? I'm at Altruist Comics on most social media. Uh, I've got the Kickstarter coming out, Bullet Adventures 4, I believe, if you put it at the end of the Kickstarter title, but uh, you got links there. Yeah, that's, that's about all that's going on. You can find me online and hopefully support the Kickstarter. Well, like I said, that is this particular episode of Two Geeks Talking. You can, of course, find this interview and about 1,200 plus others on our website, tgtmedia.com or twogeekstalking.com. That's the word two, not the number two. The word two spelled T-W-O, not T-O-O. I mean, it is in the lower third there, just 
fill that out. Website is going through a revamp, but go to our YouTube channel, which is youtube.com forward slash TGT Media. The podcast is back after 12 or so years because reasons, and now you can listen to it on your favorite podcast streaming service wherever you get your podcast. but you can also find it at twogeekstalking.podbean.com. And as I say every week, everyone has a story to tell. It's up to me to help bring that out. Thanks for listening and watching on to Geeks Talking.